Welcome to One Move at a Time, the U.S. chess podcast that explores people and organizations who are advancing our educational mission to empower people, enrich lives, and enhance communities through chess. Our goal is to give you ideas and methods you can use in your own community to help you build chess in your area one move at a time. Make sure to listen to our family of U.S. Chess podcasts, which include cover stories with Chess Life on the first Tuesday of each month, in which Chess Life editor John Hartman goes more in-depth with each month's cover story, Ladies' Night, which drops on the third Tuesday of each month, and that is hosted by our Women's Program Director, Jennifer Shahadi, and on the fourth Tuesday of each month, Chess Underground, hosted by our Assistant Director of National Events, Pete Karyanis, in which he examines the game's eccentricities, peculiarities, and theoretical novelties. All can be found at the podcast link on Chess Life Online at uschess.org, or by subscribing via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. Now, let's welcome our guest to this month's podcast. Welcome to the October edition of One Move at a Time. Our guest today is Brian Flowers, the marketing manager for the World Chess Hall of Fame and the buyer for their award-winning gift shop, Q Boutique, having worked with the organization since its St. Louis opening in 2011. Brian has a Bachelor of Fine Arts with an emphasis in figure drawing and printmaking from Southeast Missouri State University. Brian also serves on the board of the Central West End Association, the neighborhood of the St. Louis Chess Campus. In his free time, Brian enjoys playing chess casually, art making, and listening to David Bowie. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. So I'm struck by you saying that you play chess casually. Um, So I have to ask you, if you had told uh, teenaged Brian Flowers that he would one day be deeply involved in the world of chess as a career, how would he have responded? (laughs) He would have been thinking, uh, that doesn't make any sense. And... How would that even come to be? <laughs> so how did it come to be? How did you find your way to the St. Louis Chess Campus? Oh, this is a, this is a great story. Um, so um, at the time, I was looking for a new career, and I found this very nondescript um, classified ad online. And it said it was a boutique in the Central West End, which is um, um, a neighborhood here in, the Saint, in St. Louis City. And it said they were looking for a buyer and a manager for their gift boutique. And since I lived in the Central West End, especially at that time, um, I was pretty familiar with all of the businesses. And I thought, you know, a lot of these shops here are mom and pops. I'm really shocked that anyone's trying to buy a buyer. Typically, they're the buyer. So I go to this um, off-site office location, and I walk up the stairs. There's all this art hanging up everywhere. There's a pile of chess books in the corner. There's chess sets and chess boards laying about. And I'm thinking, what am I interviewing for? (laughs) (laughs) And and so um, sit down um, with the person interviewing me, and they explain um, that the World Chess Hall of Fame is relocating to St. Louis, and they are looking for a buyer and manager of their gift shop there. And that immediately intrigued me because of my art background, um, in addition to my professional background, um, you know, with retail and buying and management. Um, so long story short, I obviously got the job. Um, and I stood in the um, area where the gift shop would be, um, except there were no floors. 
So we were literally standing on the riser or on the rafters um, of the uh, of the ceiling of the basement uh, when I accepted the offer uh, to work at the World Chess Hall of Fame, and that's how it all began. So your your job title at the very beginning was specifically tied to Q Boutique, but you've since become the marketing manager for the World Chess Hall of Fame as well. Do you? It, do your duties encompass the St. Louis Chess Club as well? Um, for the most part, everything I do is with the World Chess Hall of Fame and Q Boutique specifically. Um, there are some crossover projects that I will work with the St. Louis Chess Club on, um, especially if it has anything to do with the St. Louis Chess Campus, which is the greater collection of the World Chess Hall of Fame and the St. Louis Chess Cup combined. Part of the reason we're talking to you now is coming up, where we're in the 10th anniversary year of the World Chess Hall of Fame, um, the January Chess Life coming up, where currently you know the October issue is out, but we're working on the January issue already. Uh, I, I know that our cover story is going to encompass the Hall of Fame's uh, 10th anniversary, as well as the Singfield's uh, induction into the Hall of Fame, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So the St. Louis Chess Campus is well familiar to, to many of our readers, but but tell us why St. Louis has become known as the chess capital of the U.S. So St. Louis has become the chess capital of the United States because of all of the efforts from Dr. Jeannie Karen Singfield and Rex Singfield. They're both the co-founders of the St. Louis Chess Campus. Um, they first began with the uh, with founding the St. Louis Chess Club in 2007, and since they founded it, um, shortly thereafter, they hosted one of the U.S. Chess Championships, and that combined with their focus on bringing the benefits of chess to St. Louis area school children, um, really gained a lot of momentum um, and acknowledgement in the chess world. And grandmasters started playing more tournaments at the chess club, started getting a bigger name for itself. It really is a premier uh, destination for chess. And then because of all of that momentum, um, a few years later, the World Chess Hall of Fame, which at the time was in Miami, Florida, um, they approached uh, the Singfields and St. Louis to determine whether or not they would like to relocate the World Chess Hall of Fame to St. Louis. And of course, they said yes. Um, so that's the real short version on how the World Chess Hall of Fame is now here in St. Louis. Um, what some people don't know is that, of course, with the Singfields being responsible for the resurgence of American chess, but St. Louis also has a lot of chess history. Um, we were one of the very first stops. Um, in the very first World Chess Championship in 1886. And that building um, is actually downtown. It's on the corner of 18th and Olive. If you're ever in St. Louis, um, we have a commemorative banner hanging on that site. Um, and then also there are um, two St. Louis resident, former residents, uh, Max Judd and Susan Polgar. They are both U.S. Chess Hall of Fame inductees. And, uh, and then also, this has, you know, also created more buzz for grandmasters. So 
we've had a lot of grandmasters um, relocate to St. Louis um, over 25 uh, over the past 12 years, um, including Grandmaster Fabiano Caruana, um, you know, which is just phenomenal. You can walk down the street on the in the Central West End where the St. Louis Chess Campus is, and if there's a tournament, you're bound to run into a Grandmaster. And have, have those Grandmasters all kind of uh, settled in the same part of St. Louis? Is there a Grandmasters row of homes somewhere in the city? <laughs> I wish there was. That would be so exciting. Um, there are a few of them that do live here in the neighborhood. So they are, you know, just a very short walk from the St. Louis Chess Club and the St. Louis Chess Campus. Um, but there are, the others live kind of all throughout St. Louis City. Okay. Uh, it, it would be, I would imagine, a marketing uh, point for Remax or Century 21 if they could say, <laughs> yes, live next to a Grandmaster. I know. It would be amazing. <laughs> um, and as we're uh, recording this, and actually as this drops tomorrow, we, we are in the early stages of the U.S. Championship, which is one reason why there are so many Grandmasters in St. Louis right now, whether they're residents or, or, or not. Um Bring our listeners up to speed on exactly what's going on with the U.S. and U.S. Women's Championships and um, St. Louis Chess Club's history of hosting these events. Yeah, so the 2021 U.S. Championship and U.S. Women's Championship um, returns this year to the St. Louis Chess Club. And um, after the pandemic, this will be the return also to over-the-board play, which we can't be more excited about. Um, as always, it features the strongest chess players here in America. Um, the games began on October 5th and the tournament will play throughout, uh, the 19th. So it's pretty fantastic. Um, the, both the U S championship and the U S women's championship, they each have, um, they're going 11 rounds and, you know, some of these players are definitely no strangers to the St. Louis chess campus. So. For the U.S. Championship, we've got Fabiano Caruana playing, Wesley So, Linear Dominguez, Jeffrey Zhang, Sam Shankland, Ray Robson, Alex Linderman. The list goes on and on. And then for the Women's Championship, we have Irina Crush. We have Anna Zatonsky, Tatev Ibrahamian, Nazi Pekitsi, Katarina Nankova, Anna Shervich, Sabina Foyser, and again, the list just goes on and on. I mean, these players are the top players in the U.S., um, and it's just, it's just really exciting to watch online. And are spectators allowed this year? Unfortunately, we're not allowing spectators um, to watch in person. However, you can watch all of the action on uschesschamps.com and also the St. Louis Chess Club's YouTube channel. And I, I will link to uh, the, the YouTube channel and uh, uh, some of these other links in our show notes, listeners. Um, so when people do start coming back uh, as spectators, uh, if, even if they've been to the campus before, they're going to notice some pretty significant changes that have taken place since the last time they were there. T talk about the expansion that's happening now. Yes, this this is just absolutely so exciting. Um so we don't have the final open date um, released yet, but we 
the St. Louis Chess Club, which is on the opposite side of the street of the World Chess Hall of Fame, they are undergoing a massive expansion into a 20,000 square foot um, renovated chess club. Um, it's just going to be, it's phenomenal. I've, I've, I've seen some of the schematics and I mean, what this new chess club is going to do, not only for chess here in St. Louis, but also in America. I mean, it's really going to become even more so an international destination. Um, basically the chess club will run, um, through the corner of the block on Maryland and Euclid, um, along the entire side, um, up into the residential area here in the central West end. Um, so it's, it's really phenomenal. Um, also recently Kingside diner, which was previously next door to the chess club. They moved across the street, um, on the opposite corner um to a much larger facility and it was recently rated um st louis yelps one of the top three breakfast places to go so really happy about that as well so uh, i'm going to make this personal again for you as you showed up for that interview and were standing in an uh, as yet to be completed q boutique did they talk to you about these grand plans for expansion? Could you have imagined it in that first year? Oh, absolutely not. Um, you know, when I first moved to St. Louis 13 years ago, it was it, it must have been months after the St. Louis Chess Club opened. And I remember walking by there. Um, you know, at the time, the, hall, the building that the Hall of Fame is now in uh, was vacant um and the landscape looked very different um so yeah to to have told me first of all that i would have been working <laughs> in chess and also that the club would be expanding um so significantly you know 10 years later it's something i just wouldn't have believed it's it's just but it's just so phenomenal and it kind of speaks to who was inducted into the uh, hall of fame this year um you know, we've already mentioned the the, the sink fields uh, and, and their, you know, kind of being the underpinnings of all this. Uh, talk about their induction this year. Yes. So the um, both Dr. Jeannie Karen Singfield and Rex Singfield, they are 2020 U.S. Chess Hall of Fame inductees. Um, obviously, the pandemic um, threw everything through a loop. So the <laughs> the way that we honored them, the, the chronological timeline um, kind of changed up a little bit. Um, so we actually just had their formal induction on October 5th, which was the opening ceremony of the 2021 US Chess Championships. Um, we had it at the Muni, which for anyone that's ever been to St. Louis or lives in St. Louis has definitely heard of the Muni. Um, it is the um, oldest and largest outdoor uh, musical venue in America. And we had um, a, a private ceremony for them. It was invite only, but we did live stream um, the inductions ceremony itself on our YouTube channels and our websites. Um, but it was beautiful. I mean, I was there, of course, the entire time. Um, you walk up to the Muni, uh, valet checks your car, you walk down this red carpet, um, past 
this walkway with all of these banners that represent um, all of the significant chess happenings that the Singfields are responsible for. So, you know, I was telling other people there, you know, when I got out of my car and started walking toward the ceremony, it was very emotional, um, you know, because we we work so closely, you know, with executing all of these fantastic events and programs. And it's until you kind of take a step back and realize, wow, it's been 10 years and a lot has happened. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was just, it was a, it was a beautiful induction. It was a beautiful ceremony. Um, and the Singfields, I think, were very moved. And as you say, this is all happening in conjunction with the 10th anniversary of the World Chess Hall of Fame. Uh, I believe the formal date of that was September 8th of 2021. I, I know that a number of special projects and exhibitions are happening as in relation to this. Why don't we run through the list? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, again, because there have just been so many things that have happened over the past 10 years, we decided to, instead of trying to cram them all into our anniversary date, let's celebrate this for a year. Um, so the first thing that we're going to be doing is a brand new pop-up that we've never done before, and it's called Jingle. Um, it's essentially going to be a holiday pop-up, and it's going to include family-friendly activities during the daytime. So you can, you know, for a small fee, you can come up with your family, you can enjoy hot chocolate and cookies, and we're basically taking over an entire gallery floor. We are decorating it, holidays, left and right, front and backward, and it's going to be really fun with these kids' activities, really, really engaging. And then at night, we're going to transform it into an adults-only kind of cocktail bar. Um, so we'll have holiday-inspired drinks and small bites that um, Kingside Diner will be providing. And in addition to that, of course, it wouldn't be a proper holiday at the World Chess Hall of Fame without chess. So we will also have a number of holiday-themed chess sets um, out on display in, in the entire space. So in addition to coming up and having fun with the activities and seeing all of the holiday decorations, you also still get a nice healthy dose of chess sets like you would expect to get from the World Chess Hall of Fame. I also have to jump in and ask, are there any very clever chess pun cocktail names that you guys have come up with? <laughs> well, I can't release that information yet, but I promise you there is a brainstorm sheet in the works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so what are some of the current exhibitions that are happening at the hall? So our current exhibitions we have are mass is masterminds, chess prodigies. Um, it's basically an exhibition that talks about the real life, Beth Harmon's from the Queen's Gambit. Um, so, you know, you're going to see everything from notable chess prodigies such as Bobby Fischer, world chess champion Magnus Carlsen, the Polgar sisters, and several others. Um, we have everything from photographs. We have videos and mementos of their important chess matches. Um, 
most of which are from the permanent collection here at the World Chess Hall of Fame. Um, and then, of course, you know, visitors also will learn about how these young players, you know, achieve these accomplishments. And what's amazing is many of these records that have been broken were previously held by adults. Um, and I think that chess is one of the very few games and sports, you know, that really levels out age. Um, so, I mean, that, you know, it's just phenomenal to see all of these photos and all this ephemera um, up here of, you know, these, just, you know, very young, very young chess players beating these enormous records. Um, and then, so that exhibition, Masterminds, it's on view through November 7th. And we would love for everyone to come to the World Chess Hall of Fame to see it in person. But if you can't, you can also go to our YouTube channel and we have a virtual tour that's led by our curators here. So before you go on to the other uh, exhibitions, uh, what you just said about loving to have people come there, uh, talk a bit about the numbers uh, at the at the hall. How many people to date have, have gone? How many people come in an average year? Yes. So this year, um, we have been pleasantly surprised with our visitorship. We've had over 15,000 people uh, visit us this year, which is incredible. And since our opening in 2011, we have had almost 140,000 visitors. Um, and again, you know, every time we see these numbers, we're always, we just get goosebumps. Um, it's, it's just so amazing. I remember when we first opened. So Dan, we've had this year alone over 15,000 visitors visit us, which is incredible considering, you know, the pandemic. Um, but, you know, there's also been this really fantastic resurgence, um, you know, obviously from the Queen's Gambit, you know, but also all the momentum that the Singfields have brought um, to chess here in America as well. And then since the opening here in St. Louis, we've had almost 140,000 visitors, um, which is really, really special for us. So a couple more exhibitions that are happening. So the the masterminds will be on view through november 7th uh so there uh that's that's kind of just right around the corner uh and you mentioned that the virtual tour is available on the youtube channel uh if people can't make it there's the other couple of exhibitions have january expiration so there's a little bit more time on those in addition to masterminds chess prodigies we also have two newer exhibitions one of them is check please chess dining and decor it's an exhibition and it's just so incredible. If, if you can make it here to St. Louis to see it in person, you absolutely have to. But it's over 150 artifacts that is food and drink themed chess sets. It's chess themed tableware, utensils, decor, and all of this is from our permanent collection. Um, but instead of just hanging all of these things on the wall or putting the chess sets in vitrines that we typically do, we decided to create these immersive environments. So we have the gallery space sectioned off into four spaces. And one of them is like a bar scene. Um, so we have all of this chess and food and drink related artifacts that relate to a bar inside this environment so you can actually walk through it there's a bar set up with a big mirror in the background 
There are, you know, light up signs. Um, and then, of course, since we're in St. Louis, it wouldn't be complete without an Anheuser-Busch chess set. <laughs> so we have that out on display. We have another one that is set up like um, a dining room. So there you're going to find chess sets, um, fruits versus vegetables, and they're really whimsical with these feet on the bottom of them. <laughs> There's another set that's called Czech meat, where it's raw meat versus cooked meat. And then one of our most prized possessions belonging to the World Chess Hall of Fame is in that section, which is the Paul Morphy silver set, which was a gift given to him for winning the World Chess Championship. Um, the other exhibition we have is called Pawns and Passports, Chess Sets from Around the Globe. And we really wanted to, since travel has been so restricted, we wanted to give people a way to travel around the world from the comfort of our gallery. Um, so in that exhibition, you're going to see chess sets from over 30 countries, you know, and these chess sets are just, they're exquisite because you can see how people from all different regions around the world have transformed the pieces to reflect their own culture and history. Um, and both of those exhibitions, just like Masterminds, are also on our YouTube channel as a virtual tour if you can't make it here. Um, and both of those are on view through January 9th. So if you have any holiday travel planned, we're a great place to check out. So I have to go back to the raw meat uh, versus cooked meat chest set. I, how, how, is it, how is it not meat versus vegan? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. That's a very, very good question. Um, well, that's why I'm here, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> We're putting that down for a new idea for a chess set coming soon. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, this next question is going to sound a little bit, what have you like, you know, what have you done for me lately? But, um, you know, things we're all hopeful that things will be more fully opened up in 2022 and people uh, will have more travel plans. So what exhibitions are planned at the hall for next year? Yes. So we have two fantastic exhibitions planned for 2022. Um, so opening up on January 27th of 2022, we will have Mind Art Experience, 10 years of chess and culture in St. Louis. So tying back to our 10-year anniversary, this exhibition is really a retrospective of the best of the best that we've shown over the past 10 years from all of our 50 exhibitions that we have done. Um, and let me tell you something, our curators have really had their work cut out for them, trying to narrow down which sets, which articles, which posters, which Bobby Fisher memorabilia, you know, which ones, how do we possibly pick which ones are the best? Um, but I've, of course, seen what they've chosen, and it's just going to be magical, for lack of a better word. Um, but that, again, opens on January 27th. You're going to see pieces related to Bobby Fischer, Anatoly Karpov, Gary Kasparov, Boris Spassky. And then you're also going to see 
works from internationally acclaimed artists like Harry Benson, MC Escher, um, St. Louis's own Tom Friedman, Keith Haring, Yoko Ono, the list goes on and on. And then we're also highlighting a lot of St. Louis-based creatives and artists that we've worked with over the past 10 years, including Michael Drummond, who is a Project Runway alum, Peter Mannion, and Audrey Danielle Noyes. She is a fashion designer that won a fashion design challenge from us. And then we also have loans and other collections from notable chess collectors like John Cremiller, the Mildred Lane Kemper Art Museum, and David Swerner Gallery. And then later on in August of 2022, we haven't come up with a clever title yet, but it is going to be an exhibition solely about Bobby Fischer. Um, and it's going to include highlights from our personal collection, as well as the Fisher Library of Dr. Jeannie Karen Singfield and Rex Singfield. And it's going to be a collection where you can start with Bobby Fischer as he prepares for the 1972 World Chess Championship. And that includes the candidate matches and then the championship, even at Grossinger's Resort. Um, we're going to come up with a, a video project for the show that will include daily highlights from the matches. And just like the Mind Art Experience exhibition that we're kicking off in January, the Bobby Fischer exhibition will take place on all three floors of the World Chess Hall of Fame. So the entire museum will be dedicated to each one of those exhibitions. These all sound like a, a lot of fun for chess fans, but uh, one of the things I've noticed when I've visited the hall a couple of times now is you guys make it very interesting for people that don't know much about chess or may not even consider themselves chess fans. And, you know, I, I think that's a little piece of the magic that the, that the hall does. Uh, and I think that also means that it makes it exciting for families to visit. Could, could you talk a little bit about uh, some of the aspects of the Hall of Fame, like perhaps the giant chess piece that would make it fun for a family with children to visit? Absolutely. And, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up, Dan, because, you know, we are the World Chess Hall of Fame. Um, and I think that it's really important to talk about how, you know, we really work hard to bring chess to people that don't know that much about chess. Um, you know, the name of our institution might be a little intimidating for people that don't play chess, but that's really what we're doing here. Um, we are trying to expose chess to people that don't know all that much about it while at the same time honoring you know, all of the grandmasters and the chess players and the chess enthusiasts as well. Um, so, you know, the first thing that people notice when they come to the Hall of Fame, as you mentioned, is we have a gigantic <laughs> king piece outside the Hall of Fame. Um, that king piece is actually Guinness World Record certified as the largest chess piece in the world. Um, it is our second time achieving that record. Um, this one, it was achieved on April 6th of 2018. It's a 20-foot tall king piece. It's a, it weighs about as much of an elephant. It's over 10,000 pounds. Oh, that's why it has a tusk and a trunk built into it as well. 
<laughs> exactly, exactly. And it never forgets, just like an elephant. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, you know, that alone has really made us, you know, not only a destination here in St. Louis, but also one from around the world. You can walk by there at any time and people are taking their photo with it, sharing it on Instagram, sharing it on um, it even has its own Instagram. It's world's largest chess piece. Um, so you can go there for more photos. Um, but yeah, that greets that greets all of the visitors and the kids just love it as much. Um, but then once you get inside, I think it's very quickly realized that even though we're all about chess, we are about making these connections about chess. And the difference, I think, in how the World Chess Hall of Fame in St. Louis um, handles those, those viewpoints differently than the prior iterations of the World Chess Hall of Fame is we use the lens of art, culture, and history to tell the story of chess. So if you are interested in art, you're going to find something here that has to do with chess just as much as it does art. Um, our exhibitions are also very deeply historical. Um, so we cater to that kind of an audience as well. And just for people who are lifelong learners, um, you know, anyone that likes museums, anyone that likes to go, you know, even to the zoo, they're going to find interest in some of our chess sets here. Um, so we really do our best to make it as approachable as we can. And I've seen it happen so many times where people come in, they're not sure what to expect or, you know, if they're going to be able to enjoy it because uh, it's a subject they're not that familiar with. And then they go through the exhibitions and then at the end, they'll come back and stop at the front desk and say, I had no idea chess was so fascinating or I had no idea chess was so closely re related to art or I never would have thought about it like this. And they're changed. And it usually inspires them to try a quick game on our giant chess patio, uh, giant chess set on our patio, um, or then even go across the street to the St. Louis Chess Club and sign up for their first lessons. And kind of speaking to this as well is, and emphasizing it, is the programming that the, that the hall offers, including family programming. Why don't you talk a little bit more detail uh, about all of this? Yeah, so in addition to our exhibitions, um, we do a broad variety of programming. Um, obviously we do family programming. Um, we actually just had a really fun dance program for kids on our, uh, chess patio and our friends that live in the neighborhood. Um, they operate consuming kinetics dance company. So a few of them came out and showed kids how to do some basic dance moves, but they also were relating it to the moves that you would use on a chess board. Um, so they were actually dancing on the giant chessboard with the pieces. Um, it was darling, and everyone had such a great time. Um, we also have virtual programming, obviously with the pandemic, just like many other institutions, we pivoted our programming to uh, virtual experiences. So now almost every program we have has a virtual component to it available on our YouTube channel. Um, also, some of our most popular programming is our concert series. So we have a music series, which features local musicians and talent. 
And then we also have a composer series, which we partner with the St. Louis Symphony to produce, um, to bring classical music here to the World Chess Hall of Fame. And in addition to those being virtually, we have opened up a certain number of seats for um, live viewing. And ever since we reopened those, every concert has sold out. So we're, we're really pleased with that. Um, and then we also offer complimentary curator tours. And then, as I mentioned previously, we also have virtual tours of several of our exhibitions. So I'm curious about the music and composer series. Is, is the idea about behind this just to simply expose more people to, that may never have come to the Hall of Fame to the Hall of Fame? Oh, you know, of course, definitely. We, you know, we try to cast a large net, um, you know, to kind of garner interest. And like I tell some people, the World Chess Hall of Fame, we're the dessert that you sneak the vegetables in. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so it's, of course, that's definitely a draw, but however... We're back to the veggie versus meat chessboard. <laughs> exactly. See, Dan, it, I, I mean, I'm writing it down as we speak. Thank you. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also, you know, there are so many similarities between chess and music, just the same as there is chess and art. Now, the Hall is a nonprofit organization, correct? Correct. So how can people get involved and support the World Chess Hall of Fame? There are several ways for people to get involved, whether they're here in St. Louis or they live somewhere else. Um, I think the most fun thing to do is to shop at Q Boutique. Um, Q Boutique is the award-winning gift shop here at the World Chess Hall of Fame, and it's also the online gift store for the St. Louis Chess Campus. Um, so if you're looking for chess sets, we have them. If you're looking for World Chess Hall of Fame souvenirs, you betcha. If you're looking for autograph memorabilia from the chess from the chess players that are uh, in the tournaments across the street at the chess club, we have those as well. Um, you can also purchase a membership. We have annual memberships to start at just $30, and that includes a 20% discount here at the gift shop, Q Boutique. And if you're in St. Louis, it also gets you 50% off all of our concerts and our ticketed programming. Um, one of our more interesting components to get involved is the Caisa Club. Um, Dan, do you know who Caisa is? Have you ever heard? Yeah, sure. I've I've been involved in chess long enough, but I, I have to say, you're I apparently have been pronouncing the name wrong all these years. Well, if I'm pronouncing it wrong, please let me know later. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Caisa is portrayed as the mythical goddess of chess. Um, and we thought that was fitting um, to start a Caisa club, which recognizes dedicated individuals and corporations who make an annual gift of $1,000 or more to the St. Louis Chess Campus. Um, you can also just make a donation. No donation is too small. Um, and the supported offers, you know, you just really be surprised by how much even five dollars can do um you can also you know loan your chess sets to us one of our curators here emily allred she has this fantastic featured chess set program so she chooses a chess set once a month um, it goes on display in our galleries 
And it's usually chess sets that have like a really interesting story or background to it. Um, And we're always looking for new and unique chess sets and stories to feature. So if anyone is ever interested, go to our website. You'll find more information on how to submit. And then also you can submit your chess stories. You know, so many people are moved and inspired by chess and we want to hear those stories. Um, So we have an I play chess campaign um, where we like to learn more about how chess has impacted people's lives. And if you go to our website, worldchesshof.org, you can find more information on how to submit those as well. So from the beginning through this current discussion, um, Q Boutique has, has, has cropped up. So let, let's talk some more about Q Boutique, uh, which I, I suspect uh, it may have the closest part of, of your heart uh, to the St. Louis Chess Campus. First of all, what does the Q stand for? So the Q in Q Boutique stands for the queen piece. Um, you know, it's obviously the only piece that's identified with Q. Um, and we just thought with the versatility of the queen piece that it would be a fitting name for the gift shop. And that probably has worked well for you this year with the success of the Queen's Gambit and the wild increase in, in chess sales. I have to assume that Q Boutique has had uh, a, a real uptick in sales. Absolutely. I mean, Dan, I've never seen anything like it. Um, as you mentioned before, you know, I started the gift shop here um, with its first merchandise, and I still work very closely with it, uh, with the gift shop. We have a fantastic store manager in there right now. Her name is Lauren Castillo. Um, and she's just phenomenal. Um, but yeah, we've had a record year, both in-store and online. Um, our in-store sales alone this year have quadrupled. Um, I mean, to the point where it's hard for us sometimes to keep chess in stock as soon as we put them out. Um, someone on a waiting list has already called for it or people walk in. Um, you know, and then online our chess set sales have doubled. Um, so, you know, the, the numbers are just completely unpredictable this year, um, but such a fantastic, fantastic kind of ripple effect um, from the Queen's Gambit. And then of course, all of the resurgence of chess during the pandemic. And what is the full range of merchandise available in the boutique? So Q Boutique has something for everyone no matter what your budget is we have chess sets starting at a dollar and we have chess sets that are over five thousand dollars um so you know you might be looking to start chess maybe you're brand new to chess we can definitely help you out with finding a very economical set um, that you'll get a lot of great use out of or you know some people come in and they'll say you know, we just bought a new home. We just renovated our living room space. You know, we really want something sophisticated. Um, and so we're honored to help people find a chess set, you know, that maybe is also serving as decor uh, for their new space. And we always love getting those photos back, like once they're installed to see what they did with them. Um, in addition to chess, 
I would have to say that our chess apparel is very popular. Um, it's all custom designed. We have a really talented graphic design team here on campus and all of them are original. Um, and we have a couple of collections. We have one that's called check yourself. Haha, you get it. Um, <laughs> we have an entire apparel line of that. It's really popular. Um, but the one, the one collection that has always remained popular, no matter what is our Bobby Fisher night to H five t-shirt. Um, and if you haven't seen it, go to qboutiquestl.com and check it out. We have them in different styles and different colors. So we have the Christmas season just around the corner. Is, is this a particularly good time for people to be buying from Q Boutique? Absolutely. The holidays is the best time to purchase gifts from Q Boutique um, because we have our annual holiday sale. Um, it's 20% off both in-store and online. It's on all regular price merchandise. And that begins on November 25th, which is Thanksgiving. And it will go through the end of the day on November 30th, which is Giving Tuesday. In addition, for people that are looking to find some really great bargains, we do have some merchandise that is priced 75% off. Um, so definitely go to Q Boutique STL and check that out. So I was curious about the custom designed merchandise and the unique items that you carry in the shop. Are, are these designed on the premises uh, by staff at the at the St. Louis Chess Campus, or is it something that is contracted out? Yeah, so we, so everyone here at the St. Louis Chess Campus at one point or another has feedback um, or input on all of our custom designed pieces, um, which I think is really amazing. Um, so we don't actually manufacture uh, the shirts here, but we do have a number of local vendors here in St. Louis that we use um, for like screen printing, for an example. Um, but it really is a collective working on these designs. And then, of course, we're always taking into consideration customer feedback. Well, Brian, this has been a wonderfully wide-ranging discussion of a wonderfully wide-ranging facility like the St. Louis Chess Campus. Is, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to make sure our listeners hear about? Yeah, so just to let everyone know, um, as we mentioned before, on the uh, 2020 during the 2021 U.S. Ch Championships opening ceremony, we inducted the 2020 U.S. Chess Hall of Fame inductees. Um, but on October 19th, which is the closing ceremony for the U.S. Chess Championships, we will be having the inducting induction ceremonies for the 2021 World chess hall of fames famers um including judah polgar who's universally considered to be the strongest chess women's chess player of all time she broke fisher's record as the world's youngest grandmaster we have miguel nidor um if you know that name it's because his name is associated with one of the most famous openings in chess uh the nidor variation of the sicilian defense and he was also one of the most successful performers in chess Olympiad history. And then last but not least, we have Eugene Torre. He's a trailblazer for Asian chess um, for more than half a century. He was the first Asian grandmaster, the, the first to defeat a reigning world champion, and the first to reach the candidate stage of the World Chess 
or the world championship. And we're speci- we're especially honored because he will be in attendance um, to the induction ceremony. Um, and even though it is not open to the public, it will be live streamed on our YouTube channel, World Chess HOF, and will also be available on our Facebook channel. So, Brian, thank you again for that. That's it, it's just all so exciting, and it's it, it really is amazing how much the St. Louis Chess Campus has changed the face of American chess in the in these last ten years. You know, I, I started working for U.S. Chess. 15 years ago, well, almost 16 years now, and it was so different. So uh, let me just describe it as smaller. It now feels world-class, and it's because of the work that you and your colleagues at the World Chess Hall of Fame, the St. Louis Chess Club, and the Q Boutique, and I'm going to throw in the Kingside Diner as well, have have all done. So thank you for that. Well, thank you so much, Dan. Um, it's always a pleasure speaking with you, and Here's to many, many more. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this edition of One Move at a Time, which always drops on the second Tuesday of each month. Our theme music was composed by National Master Alex King of Memphis, Tennessee. Our podcasts are produced and edited by Jason Andre at Seven Season Films Photography and Media. Please visit www.sevenseasonfilms.com to find out how to start your own podcast. Our sister podcasts at U.S. Chess are cover stories with Chess Life on the first Tuesday of each month, Ladies' Night, hosted by Women's Program Director Jennifer Shahadi on the third Tuesday of each month, and on the fourth Tuesday, Chess Underground, hosted by our Assistant National Events Director Pete Karianis. I hope that you have learned something of value that you can now use to help build chess in your own community. We'll be back next month with another Chess World personality who is helping us advance our mission statement to empower people, enrich lives, and enhance communities through chess.